A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, kids. Uh, happy Wednesday to you. Welcome to the program. I am me. You are you. Glad you could be here. It's just a game. Uh, broadcasting live from Treaty 7 Territory as well. We are an inclusive podcast. Everybody is welcome here. And we are allies. Uh, we've got uh, actually a couple of Cracker Jacks on the show today. So uh, we're going to get going right off the top. Uh, Colin Patterson from the Flames Alumni is going to join us in a little while. But right now, uh, courtesy of our good friends at Ski Cellars Snowboard. And I do want to make mention of this. Unfortunately, even though it has been an institution in the city for 67 years, as a matter of fact, it was open the last time the Leafs won a Stanley Cup. In the heart of the city, Ski Cellar Snowboard iconic 17th Avenue location is going to close its doors. So right now they have an inventory clearance sale starting at 40% off. Get ready for the biggest savings of the season store-wide. The event in store is running till next Tuesday, October 31st at all three, all three Ski Cellar Snowboard locations. That includes McLeod Trail and the Boness locations so make sure you check those out uh very excited that he uh is uh ha- is is happy to join us i'm assuming he's happy to join us. um <laughs> craig button is here from tsn our friend our pal and as i might add uh currently on my list of top buttons he's number one now he's been as low as three before but he's currently the number one button in my life so i'm happy to have him here how are you sir <laughs> Uh, I'm great, but I, I do want to let everybody know I, I, I am on this podcast with you under duress. You know, under I'm, duress. You, 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 well, you're assuming that I'm happy to be on it. I mean, you asked. You never said would I be happy to join you. You right. just said, can you come on? And I just said yes because I didn't want to disappoint you. I wanted to keep you happy. <laughs> well, I appreciate that's the kind of guy you are. First of all, you are selfless and always thinking of others. And I, that's why I love you. I think you're, I think you're aces. Um, yeah. I will not make that assumption. You're happy to be here, but I'm happier. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm happy to be there. And you know, I love the use of the pride tape and you know, and I, I, you know, one of the things that, you know, we, we saw, and I'm just going to go on a little bit of a soliloquy here. Uh, you know, we saw that the NHL, the NHLPA agreed that the ban on pride tape was was ridiculous and, and misguided and whatever else you want to say about it. But, you know, people say, what does pride tape have to do with hockey? And, and maybe it doesn't have anything to do with hockey, but what it does have to do with is allyship and making sure that we 
support people that need support. And, you, you, you know, one of the things, and, you know, we had breakfast the other day and I was mentioning this to you. And, you know, I was asked about it a week ago and I said, you know, we've all been touched by cancer in our lives. All of us have been touched by cancer. Nobody wants to, you know, have anybody have to suffer with cancer. Well, it's the same thing with the LGBTQ plus community, right? We've all yep. been touched by it whether we realize it or not. And we want everybody to feel safe and healthy and comfortable wherever they go. And, and that's what this is all about. And people say, stick to hockey. You know what? I'm a citizen first. I love hockey. I love sports, but I'm a citizen first. And bottom line is I got to find ways to uh, uh, display, you know, as you are with your pride tape and make sure that everybody knows that, uh, uh, when, when when you're in my world or I'm in your world, that we're together and supportive. It doesn't mean we agree on all the topics, but I'm an ally for you. Yeah, uh, well put, Greg, by the way. And, and that actually is funny. That's where I was going to start with you was the decision yesterday by the National Hockey League to reverse course. Um, Travis Dermott deserves a lot of credit for yeah. uh, what he did on the weekend. And, and I don't think it's... It was defying the league. I, 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 I think we were all waited with bated breath. Okay, now what? Um, but Craig, you have the luxury of also having been on the inside of this sport. What's your, what's your thought, or what do you think happened that led to the decision yesterday at, at the higher levels? I, I think that uh, regardless of what we may think or we may not think, you know, there's, there's going to be pressures that are going to bear. Uh, to, to, to make decisions. Sometimes decisions are made, uh, you know, because the pressure is, is so overwhelming. It doesn't mean it's a good decision, but, mm. but, but that bears on decisions. And some, we, we see it. You know, l l let's not forget, and, and I think the number was seven players. You know, uh, Kale McCarr had, had a great interview with Peter Bow of The Athletic from, from, uh, uh, from The Athletic uh, in Colorado and Denver. Yep. And he talked about, like, you know, 99% of the players support us. Why should we be tied in with the seven that don't? Seven players. And I thought it was a very – so, you know, you make a decision, pressure's bare, and, oh, we can't have this. We don't we – we're worried about this. Oh, my God, what will happen to our sponsors? So you make the decision to ban Pride Day. And then you say – and then other people bear pressure the other way. They push put pressure on the other way. And so what I would suggest is, is that – at times, you have to be able to reflect what led us to our first decision. And just because we made it doesn't mean it was right. It was clearly wrong. And I think that, you know, upon reflection, and, and I, I, I wish we didn't have to get to upon reflection, right. but we did. And upon reflection, a decision was made that said, wait a second here. This isn't right. D did it take a push from Travis Dermott and maybe some others that we don't know about? I don't think there's any question that that, that leads to it. But we end up in a place now that, that that's the right place. And I think that that's what we should focus in on and, 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 and use it as a guidepost as we move forward in, in other decisions that we may take and, and understand the pressures that bear, like sometimes they're hard to resist. But if you're doing the right thing, then you can stand tall, even though there might be a lot of resistance. And I think that that's the thing we all have to keep in mind and with respect to whatever, whatever, whatever we're standing up for and whatever we believe in, that we believe that it's right, that despite the resistance we get on it, that we, that we hold true. And, you know, Martin Luther King said, you know, the problem isn't those who are against you. It's when your friends remain silent. 
And, and right. I paraphrase that. And, and, and that's where allyship and supporting it and saying, no, no, I'm with you. And I'm with you. That's what counts. So I'm going to seek your counsel yet again. Should I then stand down on the pride on the, sorry, on the, uh, on the jerseys? The fact that the, the NHL is no longer allowing warm-up jerseys to be worn and auctioned off, that was the first salvo in this, and we all know why. You know, I, I have friends in the in the First Nations community who worked really hard on the Flames version of, of their logo last year and were disappointed that that's not going to be done the same way this year. But was, this was done for the same reason. It was the, the outcry over the pride stuff that led to the elimination of that. So... Did I win a battle and should I walk away, Craig? I, 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 what, what I would say to you, Rob, is, is you know what, what? What's in your heart? What do you believe in? Sometimes the things that you really deeply believe in are worth fighting for. And yeah. and I, I'm not, I, I can't sit in my position and say don't fight for it if that's what you believe in. You know, one of the things when when it happened last year in Philadelphia, and I went on and I went on the radio, the XM radio, the next morning. And that, that, that broadcast across North America, I was with Gord Stellick. Mm -hmm. And there was two things I said. Number one is, you know what? I, I, I know the focus is on Provorov. I said, there's obviously, and, and we've seen it again and again from other players, there's obviously people that are opposed to it. But that means there's more work to be done. And yeah. that work that we all have to decide that we want to do, the lifting that we want to do, tells that that that's very clear there's work to be done so let's focus in on there the work we've done has been really positive let's not forget that there's still work to be done and the second thing i said is ivan provorov's job is to to go out and get ready for the game the warm-up is part of his preparation me as a manager would have said you don't have to wear the pride jersey that's fine but you're going out for warm-up <laughs> yeah. yeah, you go out for warm up, and 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 I think that that's a statement that says, okay, great, we respect your 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 right to 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 not do something you're not comfortable with. Fine, but we're having this night, and you, if you want to be a distraction, that's fine. I can't do anything about that. That's a fight you want to fight, but you're going out for warm up. I was I was really upset that the Philadelphia Flyers didn't tell us. Wait a sec, you're shirking your job responsibilities. And and that to me was wrong. We've seen other players do it. The 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 like I said to you, what we believe in, the, the fight isn't ending, Rob. The fight and the and the battle isn't ending. So we all have to do our part. I'm not stopping. You know, I'm I, I might do it in louder tones at different times. I might do it in quieter tones at different times. You have to do what you gotta do because this is something we see it. We see it right across North America. There is a real resistance to this. And if we don't stand up to it, guess what? Uh, we're, we're, we're not showing our ally. Uh, we're not being allies and we're not supporting it. So we, we all have to make those decisions and carry forth from there. And I'm buoyed and, and reminded of the fact that sport has always been on the cutting edge of social change, not always on the right end, but on the end of social change and kind of reminded of the fact that this weekend at the Heritage Classic, Canada Post will release a Willie O'Ree stamp. So it, it's, it's you know, for those who ask why, it's because sport has always been that that platform for talk about social change. No question about it. 
I mean, let's think about the 1968 Olympics mm. and and think about uh, the U.S. Uh, uh, sprinters who who stood up and said, "Hey, you know, they realized they had a platform. They realized they had a platform." And when do those platforms arise? When do we? And and so the recognition that there's a platform here to make a statement, you know, you th- that's where the courage comes from. You know, people are going to fight back whether you, you know, you, you censor somebody or you, you say we're going to take this away from you or whatever it may be. Bottom line is there come, there's always going to be moments, sports, entertainment. We've seen it in entertainment venues, at awards ceremonies in, in Hollywood where, where actors uh, come out and say this is wrong. I mean, just think about, just think about Marlon Brando not going up on stage to accept his best act. I mean, that was over 50 years ago. Yep. <laughs> like, and, right. and think about the backlash. The, the, the fight isn't over, Rob. The fight isn't over. And sports, people say stick to sports. You know what? I've never told anybody in another walk of life, you know, when they want to talk to me about sports, say, oh, what's your job? Well, stick to that. So if you think you're going to get me to just – I know what my job is. I know what my resp- – and I do it. But I'm not just sticking to one thing. Well, I, again, I don't have anything to add. God bless you, first of all. Um, let's let's move on to last night. 16 games of the National Hockey League on a Tuesday night called Frozen Frenzy. Um, it was funny. We got a text a week ago. It was mad because there was four games, and they were all starting at the same time. Well, the NHL started these <laughs> ones all at a different time. Um, just from your vantage point in the sport, Good thing, bad thing, worth trying? How did you view a Tuesday night frozen frenzy? Well, I worked for the NHL Network for 10 years or so. Yeah. We did it every night. We did. We, we did it was called NHL on the fly. We did yeah. it every night. We'd come up at 7 o'clock and whip around the league until 10 o'clock, and then then we had the, the overnight show and whatnot. We, this is something that's been done. It's been – and it's still done on the NHL Network. It's called NHL on the fly. Mm-hmm. So – I, I understand now. I mean, the games were staggered on Tuesday night, and it's nice. And ESPN is trying to trying to trying to take uh, advantage of, of a platform to go and do that, and that's good. And you know, you 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 think about people complaining about the games starting at the same time. Now you got games starting at different times. Hockey, the fans that tuned into the game last night in New York were Rangers fans. And the Calgary yeah. Flames fans tuned into their into their, and that's just the way. Hockey is a is a sport is a is a is a team specific spectator sport. The NFL and I get red zone and everything, mm-hmm. but and, and and maybe we're headed this way in, in in the NHL. But the red zone, because of fantasy football, gets everybody involved. Yep. <laughs> so you want to know? Oh, my wide receiver just got eleven yards. It doesn't matter if you root for the 49ers or not. My my fantasy guy does. Hockey doesn't have that footing yet. Again, it's been done for years on the NHL on the fly. I was mm-hmm. glad Kevin Weeks, he, he's been on the NHL on the fly, done it. Nice endeavor, everything that goes with it. But, you, you know, this isn't new. It's, it, 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 it's staggering the times it, it is new. But fans are still going to tune in to their team for the most part. That's just the reality of it. And, again, you, you try things, you try to do things, but this isn't novel. This isn't creative. This isn't something that has never before been seen. It's common. But when you get ESPN, a a, a big U.S. broadcaster, taking hold of it and putting it up there as a big significant part of their coverage, that's good. So 
you know, you, is everything going to be perfect? No, but it, it, you look at your a key partner in, in the National Hockey League coverage, that's a positive. The, the bad bad luck or, or bad timing, the fact that I, I get, you know, doing this, but then you went up against the NBA's tip-off and you had an N- NLSC or NCLS, you know what I'm trying to say, champ, NL- NLCS, thank you, uh, game seven. Uh, it, it seemed to me that if you're trying to grab the attention, you'd want to do it on a night that didn't have as much competition. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, you, you start with uh, with an idea and you try to put it into in, yep. in, into a place to try to gauge interest and see and see how you can navigate through. I believe the best time to do this is after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's yes. no football. Major League Baseball isn't going on. You know, basketball will have their own night. So you pick the nights that are your nights and, and then try to do – when you'll have a – when I believe you'll have even more of a captive audience right. where people and, – and, and, and again, I hate to use the term casual fan, but the fan that might not be interested in, 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 in a team or players outside of their own team or players they root for kind of open up their eyes and they go, geez – this Jack Hughes is pretty good. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Jack Hughes is pretty darn good. And, you know, you tune in, you go, geez, what's Alex DeBrincat doing in Detroit? And, you know, what, what what's happening out in uh, in, in Anaheim with, uh, with all their young players? You know, that's what you're hoping for. But I think you need more of a captive audience, more, more, more of a, a what I would call a bigger canvas to, 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 to put your art out there. And I think, but last night is probably a good opportunity for how are we going to do this? How are we going to work with it from a control room point of view or production point of view? And then when it comes time to really try to push it, you got that understanding and then you, you use it when there's not as much uh, competition on the airwaves. Craig, I want to zero in on a couple of Eastern Conference teams and I'll, I'll bring it back to the local hockey heroes. But I, I have to ask you just for a thought on Washington and Alexander Ovechkin, the race to catch Gretzky. Um, I think last night, did he not set or tie the record for most uh, penalty shots ever by a player? He's got one goal on the season. Um, I'm a little bit baffled by where Washington is going and what their, what their priorities are. Alex the brain cat has more goals than the entire Washington Capitals team. I I hope that tells you a little bit of where they're at. They're a team that I don't think is anywhere near good enough to make the playoffs. Okay. Uh, You you know, obviously we we have a storyline here that is unique. It's not much different than when uh, Henry Aaron was chasing Babe Ruth's home Mm -hmm. run record back in the seventies, Barry Mm -hmm. Bonds chasing that record. And, you know, like these are records that, a lot of people think would, would never be broken. Certainly Wayne Gretzky's 894. But now we have a story, and that story's not going away. Whether the story is that Alexander Ovechkin hasn't, hasn't scored yet this year, hadn't scored in the last five games this year, maybe he won't break it. On TSN last night, there was a quiz question. What's the percentage that he won't what, – what percentage do you give that he won't break it? So it's going to be a story. And Alexander yep. Ovechkin, in my view, he's going to break the, he's going to break the record because two, – two reasons. Number one, he, well, three reasons. Number one, he's gifted enough to break it. Number two is that he wants to break it. And number three, Ted Leonsis and the Washington Capitals are going to give him every opportunity to break it. So he's going to break it. You know, he scored in the game last night. What did he have, 14 shots on goal? Saturday, there was real signs that Alex was back. 
last night. He could have had six goals last night in the game. And at this point last year, I'm going to give you a little quiz question, and I'm going to answer it right away. Uh, <laughs> do you know how many goals Alexander Ovechkin had at this time last year? No. He had two. Okay. So now he's got one this year. So I'm All not right. so sure he's behind any pace. So, But the Washington Capitals, I, I, I think the quicker they get to the point that they realize that they're rebuilding, that they're not a contender anymore, uh, it gives Brian McClellan an opportunity to, to look at his team and try to figure out how, how we position ourselves over the next 18 to 24 months uh, to, to start to try to be a contender again. They, they have some good young players, but they've aged out. They, they, I, 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 I don't think there's any question about it. The flip side to them in the East is, and you mentioned Hughes a second ago, uh, New Jersey. Tell me, tell me about New Jersey because I, I unfortunately, when I I see the logo, I think of Lou Lamarillo. When I you know hear about the team, I think of the you know the the the, the trapping and the and I know that's decades gone, but every time I watch this team in the highlights, this is a fun team. You know, it's funny we talk about narratives. They are fun, and they are fun. And, and you know, Lou, who who never cared what anybody thought. I should say that. Not, I'm putting words into Lou's mouth. He didn't worry. He didn't let it impact him. Right. In three out of four years, and I, and I want to say 99, 2000, 2001, 2002. In that span, in three of those four years, the New Jersey Devils were one of the highest scoring teams in the National Hockey League. But Lou just Lou let everybody think, oh, we're just defensive. They, they were really good defensively, but like they were that, that's how good they were offensively. They were a good team. Yep. Now it's celebrated a little bit differently. Now Lou didn't celebrate the offense, let's say, let's say it that way. But now the offense is celebrated. They're a team, and and I just talked about the Washington Capitals. The New Jersey Devils have to make a switch. Okay, they have to make a turn. Remember when they had Parisi and they mm -hmm. went to the Stanley Cup final? That wasn't that long ago. But then they had to come, okay, we're not that good anymore. And so, you know, they went down the standings. They drafted high. They drafted Hughes first overall, Hischer over first, first overall. They had other high draft picks, right? Well, it takes time for those young players to, to move into a position where they can be – it's not that they can't play, but there's a difference between playing in the NHL and contributing in the NHL. The New Jersey yes. Devils became a contributing. Those players were capable of contributing last year, and now we're seeing the fruits uh, of that plan coming coming to fruition. They're a really, really good team. They're going to be a really good team for a number of years to come. And when you start to think about uh, how you, it, it's not easy to to look and say, you know what, we're we're going to take some steps back here. And the New Jersey Devils did that. And I think that what you're seeing now is the benefits from them doing it. It took the Edmonton Oilers a lot of years before they were able to turn the corner, and they had four first overall picks. So it's not just about having high picks. It's also about ma ma managing it and working yeah. through it in that regard. The Buffalo Sabres, they've been, they've been in, the, uh, in, in the playoff uh, desert for, for a long time, but they look like they're doing the same things, Ottawa Senators. So yeah. the New Jersey Devils are a really good team, and – Jack Hughes is a is a is a front line superstar. He's one of the very best players in the entire National Hockey League. He was why in my top five voting last year for Hart. He was, eh? Okay, well yep. that that gives you. Why does Lin, Why does Lindy Ruff work there? I mean, we're a year. You, you were asking a question about a year ago. A year ago, they were chanting "Fire Lindy," and and now he's got an extension. He just he seems to push the right buttons. But we've also seen an exit of senior coaches and older coaches. Why is Lindy Ruff working? 
Well, I think it's about staying attuned to what's going on in the game. Why did Scotty Bowman coach in five decades? Scotty Bowman didn't do the same things in 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 in, uh, in 2002 when yeah. he won a Stanley Cup that he did in 1968. Like you, you have to evolve, you have to change, and mm. you have to recognize what's happening. It's it, it's not about age or uh, about being older. It's about are you adapting to, uh, to to the way the game is unfolding and 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 the way the game is is being played and understanding that how you communicate and and, and how you work with players changes. It's no teachers. You, you you can have older teachers, but older teachers that want to teach like they did in the eighties aren't going to be very successful in, in, in this in, in the, at this time. So we see we see lots of lots of people progress and, and, and continue to, to, to understand that there's different ways and new ways to do things and they adapt. It's, it's about being adaptable. Rob, I, I, I will say this. there's a lot of young coaches that are really, really old that, yeah. that, that, yeah. are, that, that are caught in old yeah. ways. They're yeah. caught in old ways. And so if we want to just attach a birth certificate uh, to, 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 to what you're doing and, and if it's good or if it's bad, you're making – because I see a lot of young coaches that – when I say young, like much younger than Lindy, right, that aren't very good. Mm-hmm. And, again, and I'm, not, I'm not here. I'm not going to go through – I'm not going to go through the list of them. But there's, there's a number of them in the NHL. They're not very good. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I think that's also an assessment you could make of the local hockey heroes right now. They're not very good. Uh, the Flames lose 3-1 last night to the Rangers. Were there bright spots? There were a few bright spots. Was Shesterkin good? Sure, he was good. But the responsibility is to win hockey games. Um, your assessment of of this start for Calgary, and I'm, I'm kind of curious about what you are hearing now because Zadorov came out yesterday, I thought, with some really interesting comments. And even Blake Coleman after the game, their words, granted, they have to be turned into actions, but I think it's very interesting what's being said. Interesting. You know, uh, Rob, uh, a few good men. <laughs> Jack Nicholson, you can't handle the truth. You know, for Craig Conroy right now, he's going to find out who can handle the truth. Because what Zadorov said and what Blake Coleman said is the truth. Yep. It's the truth. And if you can't stand up and you can't take that feedback and you can't do a, a self-assessment of your own play and your own role in where the Flames find themselves, there's bigger problems here. And, and that also extends to the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. The coaching staff, to me, has not been dialed in on the details. A coach's job is to say, here's how we're going to play. Here's the things that are important to us. And then make sure that you hold the team accountable and the players accountable to it. And it has nothing to do with how, like, yeah, you can deliver the message differently depending on your personality. But if you don't hold the players to account and the team to account for the details and the important, because there's certain elements of the game that are never going to change and you got to hold them to it. And And the coaching staff, in my view, hasn't done a very good job of that. So let me. This is on Ryan Huskin, the coaching staff, as yeah. well as the players. And if, and so, if they don't address it and they don't deal with it, they don't deal with the truth. Well, you're going to have to deal with another truth that Craig Conway is going to have to make some moves and change uh, the composition of this team. So sorry to cut you off there, Craig. What I was going to ask you to no, do it's okay. is, is to explain accountability. Because I think from a fan standpoint, we get this all the time. Why don't they bench him? Why don't they take him out of the lineup? When we talk, when you're talking about accountability, Craig, what are you talking about? If, if the details are not being adhered to, 
what is accountability? I first thing that comes to mind is obviously ice time, but are there other things? Well, ice time has to be a big part of it. Listen, it, it, you have a 23-man roster, okay? Yep. So you're limited in what you can do with your players. Your, your roster is your roster, the salary cap in terms of where it's at. So, you know, years ago, you, oh, we're sending you down, okay? And we're calling somebody. You can't do that. It's really hard to do now. So what coaches do have, it, 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 they have some tools at their disposal. Ice time is one of them. So if you're saying, listen, we're, we got to be really good with not making plays at the blue line that create turnovers and the other team goes the other way, right? And and that's happening. And, and you're saying, well, wait a second here. You know, that keeps happening and, and these players keep doing it. What are you going to do? Keep putting them out there and expecting it to change? You go, no, it's not. Ha- Put somebody else out there. Give somebody else an opportunity. Joel Quenville told me this years ago. He said that, you know, when you're younger, you, you know, you're, you're, you're worried, you have a game plan and you want you think sometimes you just can't, you got to make changes and it gives other players an opportunity to, to dial into it. Practice, practice, it becomes a really important thing. Here's what we didn't do. So your first 15 minutes of, of a practice today is, okay, we're going to set it up where you're entering the zone in the offensive zone and we're going to provide resistance on the defensive side and every play you're going to make is along these details. You got to practice it, and then you got to hammer on it, and you got to be you got to be vigilant on it, and 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 relentless on it. And then if it doesn't get done, okay, that's fine. You're going to sit, and you're going to sit here because you're not doing it. And if I got to play seven forwards, well, that's what I'm going to have to do. And what you're really doing is is you're exposing the players for not paying attention to the details. And then the bigger question is. You're also sitting down with your manager and saying, you know what? Some of these guys just don't want to do it, which is exactly what Zadorov said. Yeah. We don't like hard coaching. We don't like soft coaching. We don't like nice coaching. When are you going to take hold of it? That to me has to be the whole thing. You have done nothing to drop from your number one rank in my top three buttons. So uh, you're ahead (laughs) of your brother and your wife, Craig. I appreciate this. We catch you on TSN. I'm assuming you got some travel coming up here. Uh, with international tournaments over Christmas and things. So we wish you safe travels. But thanks, my friend. This was great. Always a pleasure to join you, Rob. Always a pleasure. Craig Button, everybody, from TSN, uh, joining us. Uh, I love Craig. I love Kara's wife, and I love Todd, his brother. They're they're all good people. They are. Uh, by the way, brought to you by Ski Seller Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com. Uh, as we mentioned, the 17th Avenue lo- location is shutting down. Not by its... No fault of anybody's here. It's just one of those business things that's happening. So to help them relieve some of the pressure on stock and to make you the benefactors, they've got a huge inventory clearance sale right now starting at 40% off. Now, get ready for the biggest savings of this season. Spectacular discounts, items store-wide. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting your skiing journey, this is your chance to stock up on top quality gear, clothing, and accessories at unbeatable prices. Now, it is not running in perpetuity. It is only running till Halloween next week, Tuesday, October 31st. All three ski seller locations. That includes the 17th Avenue location, so you can bid a fun goodbye, but also uh, McLeod Trail and the Boness stores. So get in there, get the quality, get the service, get everything you've come to expect from Ski Seller Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com. Uh, expecting a visit from Colin Patterson from the Flames alumni here uh, in a little while. Um, 
do remind you to fire your text, your questions into the uh, chat, and uh, Jack will read them, or read as many as we can at the end of the show. Uh, we have not, uh, did not start off with uh, the Flames' last game, which was last night, a 3-1 setback against the uh, New York Rangers. Good start. Coleman got a goal early, uh, liked the push, uh, but the Rangers pushed back. And then in the second period, um, the Flames, who have had a, a fairly good start on the penalty kill this year, give up two power play goals. Um, second one I didn't, you know, didn't like is who cares what you like. Uh, the Kreider goal at the side of the net. And then uh, to me, the the backbreaker was the uh, former Flame great, uh, Gustafson, uh, got the, uh, the squeaker through on Markstrom. Uh, tough to blame the goalie for the third goal when you don't have a second goal. Um, flames were really shut down by Shesterkin last night. Um, but th 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 again, that's, you know, I think you heard the frustration in Blake Coleman after the game. That's, that's loser talk. Like, it, oh, the goalie got us. The goalie got us. Well, how many times can the goalie get you? Right. You know, the, the Spencer Martin was good in, in Columbus. All right. So you got what every goalie in the league's having career years against you. Um, I thought the second line created, I thought there were moments early in the game where Huberto and Kadri were noticeable. Uh, Huberto's, you know, blocking shots and getting in front of stuff, which is good. Uh, but the reality is they're not good enough. Um, Ruzicka left, uh, which, you know, in the first period, that doesn't help you when he's your second line winger and, and playing second line for you. Um, again, a lot of the same. Don't blame anybody out there that goes, yeah, I've seen this movie before. It's the same movie. It feels like the same movie right now. I do not have a whole lot of breaking news and things that I can uh, necessarily add to that. Having said all of that, we shall move on to something a little bit more positive. Shall we? Our next guest is here. Why not bring them on? Why should we have them sit in the green room? Uh, guests here are brought to you by Ski Seller Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com. And I just told you, the 17th Avenue location will close at the end of the month. 67 years in Calgary. 67 years. To help move some of that inventory, they got a big sale on right now, but you can go to all three stores. You don't have to go to the 17th. You go to the 17th. You go to McLeod Trail. You go to Bonass. It runs until next Tuesday. Um, Boots, bindings, um, and snowboards have all been skis, boots, bindings, and snowboards have all been moved to the McLeod Trail and Bow Nest location. So keep that in mind. Check it out, skisellersnowboard.com. Very pleased to have joined us in the studio, our pal, our friend, our buddy, uh, Stanley Cup champion, one of the all time. What? what? What have I said wrong? No, I just sent you a note. I'm oh, here. did you? I'm here. Okay, you're here. Jack, Colin will be here right away. <laughs> Colin Patterson, everybody, from the Flames alumni. How are you? Good, Rob. How are you? Re repping the Buffalo Bills today, are we? Yeah, we are. You okay. know, we got to bring some luck to them. Well, something say. better. Uh, hopefully. Right? Uh, uh, it's a little ugly last couple um, weeks. I got to ask you, we, <laughs> the Bills or the Flames? Shouldn't you be giving <laughs> some luck to the Flames? <laughs> we have to put the Flames shirt on next. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, I'm just saying. I hear you. Uh, uh, what do you think? Well. I mean, it's early in the season, but yes. I it just like to see him play with a little more desperation. And that's every player. And if guys aren't, then, you know, you have to adjust the lineup. That's the way I feel. It, yeah, I think we're all there. Um, and not the excuses, but I do want to give you some of the, the reasons that I think have come up. How, when 
do you remember a season in which you played uh, under a completely different system? I, mean, I suppose going from Calgary to Buffalo, you would have, but yeah. even within, even in Calgary, you know, from Badger to Terry, was there? Yeah, it was, a, it was a different system, but you adjusted and you, you played and, you know, you're a pro, you got to be able to, you know, if you, you should know a bunch of systems anyways. Yeah. Okay. How long should it take? It shouldn't take that long. Okay, so yeah. seven games into the season, we seven shouldn't be going, wow, they're still learning. Yeah, um, I think, you know, part of it is that. Part of it is find the right line combinations, mm-hmm. which, you know, I mean, that's uh, that's something for the coach to figure out, the coaching staff to figure out. The power play hasn't been clicking like we thought it would. Uh, but, you know, they sometimes you just got to get – you know, a little grittier and greasier and, and just, you know, it doesn't have to be pretty. Not every goal has to be pretty. You just got to score. Well, I I'll defend the power play a little bit in Mark Savard, just a little bit. Even last night, I like the movement. Yeah. Last but, year it was a little too, here's the puck calling. Okay. Yeah. I'll stop it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, they just gotta, they just gotta get in there and just get a few. And once you do that, then things start happening. Mm. They're probably putting a lot of pressure on themselves too. You just got to relax and and play your game, but you got to work hard. You got to play with desperation every time you're out there. Did you ever call out your teammates? Were you ever in the paper calling out your teammates? No, you know, I don't think we ever, I don't, you know, I don't think any of us ever did. I don't think we ever needed to. I think within the dressing room, you know, you knew what you had to do. And, and, you know, and if you weren't, the coach was sitting (laughs) Yeah. Well, we were talking about Nikita Zorov's comments yesterday, right? Like you had the, you had, everything was Daryl's fault last year. Daryl's not here now. You know, he was calling out his teammates. Yeah. And you know what? And there was a lot of that talk about Daryl last year. Now it's changed. So you got to step up and you got to play. And that's, you know, I talk about, you got to be, I'll use it again, desperation. They aren't playing with desperation. Now they might be working, they might be working hard, but they're not working smart. And that's a key thing. Can you, because that ding, 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 like that to me is, you know, it's the old line. I think it's out of a league over their own, you know, which movie, one of the baseball, don't think it just hurts the ball club. Oh no, that's, I don't know. That's, is that the Kevin Costner one? I think that's a Kevin Costner one. Field of Dreams. Field of, no, not, not Field of Dreams. The other one, Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Okay. Yeah. Don't think it just hurts the ball yeah. club. I, I think, yeah. right. Yeah. And sometimes you do, sometimes you overthink things and, and you get caught up in, you know, the system and where you should be and what you should be doing. You know, where a lot of times just play and, and play hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, players only meeting. Since I'm down this rabbit hole, I may as well ask you about all of them at, at one time. Players only meetings, right? Because inevitably yeah. somebody's going to ask us, have they had a players only meeting yet? Yeah. And then that's happened, you know, quite a few times throughout the years. Uh, a lot of times, you know, it is about, you're not calling guys out as you talked about earlier, but you're just saying, Hey, we all know there's an issue. We all, mm-hmm. you know, the answer's in the room. It's not the coaches, you know, it's not the GM. It's not the media. It's not anything. It's the guys in the room that have to change and make a difference. And I think, you know, sometimes just a, a little bit of a wake up call. It's easy to, to chat about it, you know, passing and, you know, and maybe calling people out, uh, you know, or the team out. But when you're all together in the room and you're looking at each other going, okay, we all need to step it up. We all need to do something, you know, that's going to improve the team. No matter what your function or your role is in the team, you got to do it better. Um, 
let me add, let's drift away from the locals. We can come back later. We got some fun stuff to talk about, quite honestly. Um, just give me a, a little snapshot of your last, uh, the, the Flames alumni's last 30 days. What have you guys been up to? Because every time, <laughs> every time I'm on social, you're somewhere signing an autograph yeah. or taking a picture. Yeah, we've had a, we've had a busy, busy month. But I'll, I'll just go over sort of the, the last maybe week. week okay, let's do a week then, yeah. yeah. You know, um, we had Curtis Glencross's event up in Red Deer. Yeah. yeah. And that goes to help the Ronald McDonald House in Central Alberta and for uh, Hockey Alberta, you know. Foundation, uh, yeah. Yeah. And it, they're great programs. And so we had two games in a day and then a poker tournament. Uh, two games in a day might be a little much for me. <laughs> we were figuring out we were, we were playing and, you know, there's four teams. It was great. Great setup. Uh, we had about four or five, you know, ex-pros on each team. And, and we're looking around and, you know, Lanny is – is the oldest and then Dwayne Sutter and I are sitting there we're going well I wonder who's you know next on the age thing and then it was like what year were you born and what year we're born the same year and so I said to him what month are you in he said March I said thank goodness I was May you know so you weren't the second I wasn't second I was probably the third but we spotted another guy that we thought might be older than us but we didn't know his name so Uh, we'll check that out wasn't that Pies uh, Jim McKenzie's old role at the three on three. Yeah. Like you had, to bring, guy. Yeah. you had to bring in Jim cause he was always the oldest guy. guy right? And he was a great guy from high river. Absolutely. Yeah. Great player. <laughs> great player. Yeah. So we did that. We did the Brown bagging for Calgary yeah. kids. As you all know, you've been there yep. uh, making sandwiches and uh, snacks for kids. And they do a wonderful job there. They, they do about 6,000 lunches a day. And that's, that's grown from the last time we were there. It was 4,000 when yeah. we were there. So it's, it's up about a third, right? Yeah. And then the price of everything has gone up too. So they're, they're feeling the pinch and, you know, if anybody can donate to them, please, you know, go online and Brown bagging for Calgary kids. We did that. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a great function for our alumni too, because it, you know, it's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but you're, you know, you're doing something good and you see the results of it too. And now, because you haven't done enough, you have another event coming up. Uh, a week this Saturday, week right? This Saturday, the fourth. Yeah. Tell yeah. us a little bit about it. Yeah, so it's the Breaking Free Foundation. It helps people deal with trauma, and the basis of it is we give people grants to get uh, help through registered psychologists and okay. uh, therapists, and uh, we match up the trauma with the right therapist mm-hmm. and, and psychologist. And so we give out $750 grants. Uh, we raise money. We have four people on the board. We're all volunteers and we have about 250 people on our waiting list now. Wow. We've, we've helped 81 people already this year and we have 250 people on the waiting list. So we have a poker tournament coming up uh, at the Ace Airport Casino okay. on Saturday, November 4th, starting at 3. It's $275. Uh, you can go on to Ace Casino and and register. You can go to the Breaking Free Foundation, too, and register through that as well. And it is, it's going to be a great time. Uh, you know, a poker tournament. I'm not a great poker player, so, you know, if you want to get it a good... You should be. You, you play wanna, a fair amount. Well, I play a fair amount, but I'm not that good. <laughs> That's what I'm finding out. I find out pocket aces don't do you a whole lot. <laughs> I'm in. All, all in. Yeah. 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 And then somebody hits the river, which is the last card that I found out. And yeah. Um, so no, that it'll be a lot of fun. And the proceeds going to the Breaking Free Foundation, which is great. You know, our good friends at Ace Casino have been fantastic. And Bet 99 and Kip Lindsay and you know has done a fantastic job too in helping promote uh, the event too. So we're looking forward to that. It starts at three o'clock, but please go on and register right away. I mean, it'd be great to see a lot of people there. Okay. Um, but there's still space. 
still space. Okay. Still space available. Okay. Just want to go back to breaking free for a second. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about who you're helping? I mean, I, I understand what, what you're helping yeah. with, but who who's getting that help? So people that have had trauma in their life mm-hmm. and trauma can be, we don't, uh, you know, say what trauma is more important than other trauma. It can be, you know, uh, physical, mental abuse, uh, sexual abuse. It could be, you know, the death of somebody in your family. It could be, uh, you know, concussion related. Uh, There's lots of different types of trauma that we deal with or that people deal with. And that's what we try to do. We try to help them. We have uh, meetups, you know, on a monthly basis. And it's sort of peer-to-peer help. And then we have these grants that we give out um, that are, you know, that help people get with a registered, you know, therapist or psychologist that can help them deal with uh, their issues. So what's your, your role, Colin, particularly? So my role is I sit on the board, I sit with Theo and, uh, you know, originally, you know, Theo and Amber Craig started this foundation. And I always said, I you know I sat beside Theo in the dressing room for two years and I never knew the issues that he had gone through. And I always said, you know, if I can help him some way or another, uh, I'll help them. So mm-hmm. this is one way that I could, you know, come in and help and, and raise some money to help with these grants. And and that's what we're trying to do. And, uh, you know, there's so many people that have so many issues that have faced trauma and that, you know, you can't help everybody, but we always feel, you know, if we can help one person, then, then we've helped. But I know our foundation has helped a lot of people and there's a lot of different things that go around. As you all know, you yeah, see a lot. Yeah. And we all try to help and every, you know, every charity and foundation is great. And ours, you know, as I said, we're four people. We don't have any paid employees. We have one person who handles the books that we pay, uh, but that's it. And then all the proceeds go back into our grant program. You, you, as a member of the, uh, you know, the alumni have been exposed to so many different things. I am curious though about your exposure to this particular program and how it's influenced or changed you. Yeah, I mean, it's really influenced me because I, you know, growing up. uh... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
I didn't see any of the things that, you know, people have endured that we've, we've talked to or met. And it's really eye opening. Mm. And as I look back in, you know, life and growing up as a kid in Rexdale, Ontario, uh, I'm sure there were people that were, you know, had trauma in their life that you never knew. And maybe you, you dished it off as something else, but you know, it just gives you a whole new respect for what people are going through. And, you know, people have trying times and, you know, you, you never know what somebody's gone through, uh, you know, walk a mile in their shoes. And, and that to me has been a real eye opener for me and, you know, how fortunate we've been through, through life. And um, I feel pretty lucky. I don't know about your journey, but my journey has taken me to a place where I, I am come to this recognition that mental health is so important and such a big issue that is being underplayed almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's been underplayed for a long time. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we probably didn't know enough back right. in the days sure. and, you yeah. know, and as every year goes on and, you know, you learn more about mental health and how important it is and all the, you know, different, even the relaxation techniques and, you know, but to, to know what people have gone through and, and truly understand it, that, I mean, that's the tough part because, you know, I, as I said, I, you know, the sexual abuse side of it, mm -hmm. you know, I, I wasn't aware of any of that until much later in life when you start hearing about it and you go, uh, there's a lot of people that are, yep. you know, have that happen. And, yeah. um, you know, and you want to try and find help for those people. And, you know, people, I don't think, you know, that are on the street that are struggling, you know, they've got their own story too. Yep. And, you know, you got to get to the the root of it. Not one, you know, brush paints everything. So, right. you, so you need to find out what the cause is and, you know, try and help that. It, it just, it, it bothers me a little bit that you had to utter the w same words that I've heard so many charities and groups uttering lately, which is waiting list. Yeah. Right. Like there's, there's a big need out there. There's a huge need. And, you know, you, obviously we'd like to help everybody, sure. but we can't, we understand that. Right. And, you know, as I said, we've had, you know, our golf tournament, yeah. uh, you know, the break free foundation golf tournament a couple months ago, we raised about $38,000, which was great. Yeah. But, you know, even, you know, going to sponsors and getting the word out, more awareness, be, you know, came out. And so people were signing up on our site to get help. And now, as I said, we have about 250 people on the waiting list and, you know, that's a, uh, it's a big, big dollar we got to raise and we're, you know, we just plug along and we keep doing it. We'll throw the the graphic up for the, the uh, poker tournament again, which is a week from this Saturday. Um, well worth your time and it'll be an enjoyable uh, experience for sure. Uh, there you go. There it is right there. So you can you just go to Ace Airport Casino and sign up right there, right? Yes, exactly. Okay, perfect. And it was 275? 275. And you get dinner. You get dinner, and you're there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get to take my my chips off. Me. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> somebody's going to. We know yeah, that. We know that. Um, just uh, well, I've got you, and since you've come into the den, I may as well ask you. Um, Heritage Classic this weekend. Yeah. You ever think about wonder, wish that your crew got a chance to play that crew in an outdoor game in the '80s? Oh, absolutely. I think it would have been fantastic. Uh, I mean. For the majority of guys that played during that era, we all played outdoors. Sure, like, yeah, like yeah, minor yeah, hockey. Yeah, so yeah. you know, it would just bring you right back to your grassroots. Uh, so yeah, that would have been fantastic uh, had we done that back in the day. It would have been crazy. Uh, you know, I mean, I think the NHL's done a great job with with all these outdoor events, mm -hmm. trying to bring that game back to you know its roots. Uh, but 
in that particular moment, as she talked about, you know, playing the Oilers back in the day, it would have been crazy. Well, I can't imagine what the atmosphere could yeah. have been and would have been. It probably would have been dangerous, quite yeah. honestly. Yeah, I think, <laughs> you know, on the ice would have been one thing. Yeah. I think in the crowd would have that's, been even that's worse. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. yeah. No, it is it is something neat to behold. I'm a little disappointed that you guys don't get an opportunity to be part of this, but it's an NHL decision, not anybody else's decision. And, yeah, and I mean, it would have been great. I, I was hoping that they'd keep the ice in. Yes. A little longer. Yes. And, yes. You know, I'm That's not what sure. Been talking about. Yeah. I'm not sure what, what all the issues are around it. Uh, you know, I'm not privy to that information, but I was sort of hoping they'd keep it in for a couple more days like they did here mm-hmm. when the game, when they had the outdoor game at McMahon Stadium. You know, because we ended up playing Montreal Canadiens in yep. that alumni game. It was fantastic. It was we great. Sold, we were allowed to sell half the, half the stadium and we did. I know. It was yeah, a it great was crowd. A great crowd. A lot of fun. It was cold. Yes, it but, was very cold. But we had a great time, and I thought we could do that again. But, you know, unfortunately, the powers that be decided no. And I, I wish I wish we were, knew we were going to talk about this. I'd love to grab the picture. But there's a great picture of you and Hawk and Lube uh, coming out in full gear, signing autographs for people hanging over the the side at McMahon, right? Yeah. Like it was, it's not easy to do Dude, that. No. Like it was, it was a lot of work, but it was so much fun watching you guys interact with the fans. They loved it. Oh, they did. And you know what? I mean, the commitment of the fans to be out there yeah. on a day like that yeah. and to be hanging over trying to get autographs. How could you say no? And the other thing I remember is you guys dressing in the Stampeders room because it was so big. Yeah, right? it was so big. It was so much fun having everybody in there. And yeah, I mean, you know, the guys in Montreal were great. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah, you might have had the, you know, the rivalry when you played, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day. But, yeah. you know, you've played with enough guys over the years that you sort of know all the guys and they're all great guys. And we had a lot of fun. I've asked you if you remember your first goal. I've asked you if you remember your first game. The one I have never asked you is, do you remember your first Battle of Alberta? Uh, you know what? That's a good question. And, uh, you know, it, it's tough to pick out the first one. Because your first couple- one should have been, because your first game came game two at the Dome, right? Yeah. You should have been in game one, one of the yeah. Dome against the Oilers. Yeah, but I, I miss. I wasn't up for that. I wasn't called up for that game. Right. Yeah, so I, I can't remember. I think we played up in Edmonton for that. Uh, but yeah, well, lots of great, you know, I mean, that was great hockey and great times. And you look so forward to those games. Yeah. You know, and that, those are the games, I mean, they were a measuring stick for us in particular. I mean, you know, they were one of the best teams, I think, sure. were, you know, throughout the uh, history of hockey. Uh, so it was great to play against them and uh, so many you know, memorable moments you know, of a lot of different games, a lot of different series. I, I still remember you know, in 83, 84, when they won their first cup, we took them to seven games mm-hmm. and we were up in Edmonton. I think we lost, uh, you know, I want to call it 7-4, yeah. maybe it was 8-5. Uh, but I remember I got a, an unbelievable chance in the slot. Um, in the second period, which would have, you know, I would always said, you know, what it might have changed. Might have been the game winner. Yeah, it might have been the game winner, but you know, I managed to hammer Grant Fuhrer right in the middle of his chest. <laughs> but he had a quick chest. I didn't realize that. At the <laughs> he time. had a quick chest. Yes, he I'm did. sure he was going. What, what are you shooting there? You know? But uh, yeah, so I remember coming back from that uh, series and coming back to the old airport when it was much mm-hmm. smaller, and there were, I don't know how many people were there, but I bet there was, you know. 15 to 20,000 people there. It was crazy. Wow. And we lost. Yeah. You know, I couldn't imagine what it would have been like if we won. 
Well, you can because it happened in 86, Six, right? Yeah, yeah. But it was a little more controlled. I, I don't think the oh, okay. airport was expecting what happened. And So eighty that would have been the first time. The first time, yeah. So oh, we took okay. them to seven games. We lost, come back, yeah. and it was just – it was wild. Like, it was crazy. And I remember I, I – you know, Al McKinnis, Richard Crom, Dan Quinn, and myself, we drove up uh, together, and I had this car, the Beast. It was a 1966 Delta 88. And so I said to them, yeah, we might get into that later, but, uh, I said to them, you know, I'm going to swing around once if, you know, if we aren't there, I mean, it was just so crazy. I go, (laughs) you know, then I'm gone. Yeah. And you know, we all got delayed. And so I pulled around and sure enough, you know, there was Alpacan as he jumped in and then Cromer jumped in and and we drove probably, it felt like we drove a mile out of the airport and there's Dan Quinn. Because he just kept walking. He said it was just crazy. You know, people coming after you for autographs, wanting to talk. Uh, you guys were the Beatles. We were. It felt like it. Right? it really did. Yeah. You know, and you, you, you figure, you know, there, there was no security. <laughs> we're just out, you know, on our own. So you're a, a professional hockey player just coming back from a Stanley Cup Game 7, and you're driving a Delta 88? 1966, yeah. 1966 Delta 88. Yeah. It's a great car. Really? Yeah. Where'd you get that? Yeah, for a long time. Really? Got it, I got it in Denver. What? Yeah. What do you mean you got it in Denver? When were you in Denver? Uh, it was, uh, that's where the farm team was. Oh. So it was myself, Al McKinnis, mm-hmm. Neil Sheehy, and Mike Vernon. We were all together. Roommates? Roommates, yeah. Okay. So we just got, you know, down there and said, I, you know, we need to get a car. And so Al and I said, well, I'll look in the paper back in the other days. You just look through the you know, wanted ads or for sale. And I saw a uh, Chevrolet, uh, $500. So I said, this could be me. So I phoned the, <laughs> phoned the person up. There was a, a lady. She said, yes, come on over and see it. I said, well, we can't come this time, but we can come on Sunday. She goes, okay. So Al and I went over there, uh, saw the car. It was 1966 Delta 88. It was in great shape. And so we went to the lady and said, you know, yeah, really interested. She goes, well, here, take it for a spin. And we're like, okay, are you coming with us? You know, I'm from Rexdale. You don't give anybody <laughs> keys to a vehicle. You know, they didn't need keys to a vehicle. They just started to go. And so she said, yeah, you guys just, you know, driving around, let me know what you think. And so we drove around the block. It was at a 427 rocket in it. It was a great vehicle. And so we got back to the place and I said, yeah, we'll take it. I said, you know, we don't have money now. And back in those days, no cash machines, mm-hmm. no ATMs. You had to go yep. to the bank and the banks were, you know, we had to figure out, you know, time to get to the bank. She goes, okay, well, just, you know, you guys take it and then bring me the money back. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> she goes, you know, and so we brought the money back, gave her, you know, the, she goes, we had 500. She goes, no, just give me 400. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so bought it for $400. Um, she invited us to, Thanksgiving dinner. She said, you know, because we explained what we were doing. Yeah, said, yeah, oh, yeah. Why don't you guys come for Thanksgiving dinner? And uh, but by that time I got called up. Okay. And then Al got called up. And so the car sat there for a little bit. And then Al uh Coates came to me, who was, you know, the PR at the time. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, uh, they've decided to keep me up for the year. So I get my own place. And he goes, Do you have anything down in, you know, in Denver? I said, ah, I do. I said, I got a car. He goes, what type is this? I said, Delta 88. And he goes, well, you probably want that. I said, yeah, sure. So they shipped, the flame shipped it up. Cost them 1600 US <laughs> to ship the car up. I said, I would have taken the buyout on that. <laughs> Signed up. I had the car for a long time. And I remember going to the gas station one day and I had 
you know, this was when gas was like a buck a gallon. I'm sure the thing cost me like 70 bucks to fill up. And I went, ah, this is a lot. So there was a program for propane to change your vehicle into propane for $99. So I did. <laughs> so I had a propane tank in the back and, you know, you can imagine I could probably heated somebody's house with that propane tank, but I ended up having the car for about probably 20 some years. And that was great. That's awesome. But that was, that was life back yeah, then, right? It was, you know, that, that was life back. Nothing then. too fancy. Do we, uh, has the, did, did the Alberta or the battle of Alberta, become a big fish like a fishing story like was it or the no no it was real stuff like, no i know it was yeah. real yeah but I it, know was it was a, real but, yeah you know it but like, did they the, really at that time mean that much yeah they did okay you no know, okay but i don't think anybody knew you know the history would that would take on or the you know the battle the aura of, of, of it. Yeah. yeah 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 and i don't think we ever thought that and you know i'm sure they thought you know this isn't really a, a rivalry because they were winning a lot sure you know but they they won a lot of cups and then you know finally you know we started winning and and turning the tide on it so but it was great it was great hockey it was you know spirited hockey yeah, there it isn't a day goes by that I don't think if 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 you dropped one of those games into the middle of the NHL now, yeah. how many people would pass out? Yeah, like oh my gosh, like the the hooking, holding, slashing, you know, fighting. You know, I know we. I think we only have like you know maybe two or three uh, bench clearing brawls. Yeah. But I, you know, there was a lot of line brawls. There was a lot of fights. You know, well, when's and, the last time those things have happened? Well, right? They don't. You know, and, and they never will again. No, no, no. Because you go on YouTube and you watch, and there's 14 or 15 minute long line brawls, right? Yeah. And some of the weirdest combinations too, like, like, you know, of guys pairing up, and you're yeah. like, oh, you, you shouldn't do this, yeah. right? <laughs> like, there were some terrible line or combinations yeah. in those things sometimes, right? And you know what I mean? You don't get to choose that stuff. No. I always said, you know, that was a start of Survivor. If we were up in Edmonton and we were winning by two or three goals, which, you know, it yeah. happened a couple of times. Yeah. But, you know, you're sitting on the bench and, you know, there's 30 seconds left or a minute left and they got McSorley, McClellan, you know, Semenko, you know, Don Jackson and somebody um, else. And don't forget Dave Brown. And Dave Brown. But, you know, they, thank God they didn't all play together. No, at the same, at the same time. time. You're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. But I remember, you know, you're sitting on the bench and then it's, you know, Hunter Poplinski and then, you know, don't vote me off the island here. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last thing I need. Um, I'd be remiss if it were, we had Craig Button on a little while ago yeah. and we were talking about uh, the New Jersey Devils. I think my story is correct. But can you just tell us about the time you almost backed up? Yeah. Um, we were playing New Jersey in Calgary. And um, Reggie Lemon and Mark Demore were goalies. Mm -hmm. Mark Demore had gone through uh, dehydration problems in Washington uh, where they thought he wasn't getting enough water, so he was cramping up. So when we got back to Calgary, it seemed like everything was good. And then the day of the game... Um, Reggie comes down with a cold and he can't make the game. So I was coming out of uh, our morning skate and Badger, you know, grabs me aside and, and he goes, you know, not that he wasn't, you know, he was always nice to me, but yeah, he yeah. Goes, he's just actually goes, Badger, you know, how are your parents doing? I'm like, <laughs> good. They're doing really well because they had just done, you know, one of those in 
uh, in-game profiles yeah profiles on me because yeah, okay. they, they basically ran out of everybody else probably done them twice and now they come to mine so i played net when i first started playing hockey so that, six seven years old no it's probably five five okay, six, five, okay, five, six, five, six, yeah, years five old, six okay. years old and obviously that resonated with badger and so <laughs> hey goes you know uh, martha saw the special on uh, that was his wife and he goes you know you played net didn't you I said, yeah i did he goes yeah you know did you ever play net after this? I said, oh yeah, you know, I played net a few times and, you know, and in university, you know, if we had uh, optional ice or whatever, I'd put the pads on and he goes, ah, you know, you think you'd still play? I go, well, sure. You know? And then all of a sudden it dawned on me. I go, I said, you mean tonight? And then he goes, yeah. <laughs> Reggie said they couldn't, they, and this is, so they couldn't get Vernie up in time I'm from Denver. No, he was in uh, Moncton? Moncton, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, how, wherever he was, they couldn't get him up in time. And so they were like, you know, we need a backup goalie, and I was going to be the backup goalie. <laughs> so throughout the day, they end up getting a guy, Jamie Clark, I believe his name was. Okay. And, but they don't, they couldn't sign him. Like they got him like at five o'clock or whatever, and they're supposed to have you know, the one day contract in by, you know, a certain time and they couldn't fax it in in time. And so he's sitting in the back in the dressing room with his stuff on, but I know if push comes to shove, I'm going to be in the net. And so we're playing the game and we're winning three, nothing and everything's good. And then all of a sudden shaky Mark Damar goes into these cramping motion. Right. And so, you know, New Jersey realizes this. And so they, they're just dumping the puck in from everywhere. <laughs> and now it's, now it's three, three, and a couple of guys on the bench look down at me and go, are you ready? I'm, like, I'm playing out, like I'm playing out, yeah. you know, but I would have to have to stop the game and I would have to go in and change if, if Jamie Clark couldn't play the game. Right. 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 So it was, uh, yeah, it was quite interesting. Uh, yeah. So anyways, that was a moment. And now I go, I wish I would have had to go in. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, you know, cause it would have oh, been great, yeah. you know, cause I, I could have ended up being the all time leading goalie goal scorer. That's, that's right. You yeah, could have, I could have been, you could have yeah, been part of the union of the, the original e-bug. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. You could have been the original e-bug. E yeah. I love that. Didn't, didn't shaky try to come off? Didn't he? Oh yeah. He wanted to come off and they, they, you know, gave him some water and put him back in. Here's a banana. <laughs> have you ever seen a monkey with a cramp? No, nope, get it back in there. <laughs> Seen a monkey. Oh, I love it. That's fantastic. You know, it's it's funny because we had Ken Dryden on uh, a couple of days ago, and in his new book, he talks about because he played college hockey back when there was the varsity club in the junior, junior varsity, yeah, right. And he played junior varsity and beating the hell out of uh, I think it was Rhode Island or something. So he he skated as a forward and scored in the third period. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, wait yeah. a minute. The old Cornell boys. You never yeah, know no, no. I, you guys, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're always up to something, yeah. right? Um, listen, I appreciate this. Uh, we do want to let everybody know next Saturday, yeah. the 4th, still spots available in the poker tournament for the Breaking Free Foundation. It's at the Ace Casino at the airport. Right. Or Ace yeah. Airport Casino. Ace Airport Casino. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, $275 is the entry fee, but you get dinner and it's going to be a ton of fun. But most importantly, you're going to help out a great cause, right? Exactly. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Rob. Oh, no, I'm happy to do it. I, I wish you guys nothing but success. Um, and speaking of success, we should take a moment just to uh, talk about a few of your uh, successes and superheroes uh, because you've now... Um, you, you're, you're starting to graduate players. I don't know if you've noticed that, yeah. but... Um, 
it's been amazing uh, watching some of your young students, uh, particularly young Grayson, yeah. who is uh, has come a million miles under your tutelage. So yeah. it's been really fun. Uh, it's been a great time. You know, and that's another thing that our alumni does. Yep. That, you know, we didn't even chat about was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we get two, two guys out every week yep. uh, to help out the superheroes program. And it's a fantastic program. And all the guys that come out just love it. Oh, they and do. They, they and they're so play. great. With they're it, really right, good with the right? kids. Yeah. And it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for this. Best of luck with the poker tournament. We'll try and uh, squeeze it in on the shows and keep promoting it here for a little bit. Uh, thanks for uh, telling us a few stories too. It's always fun to talk to you. Always great to be on Rob. Thanks. Thanks Colin. Colin Patterson, everybody from the flames alumni, <clears throat> of course, uh, brought to you by Ski Cellar Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com. And as we've been telling you for the last couple of days, the 17th Avenue location is closing its doors, but not before they have a blowout sale. And they have, it's okay, we got a board up, you're good. Uh, but all three locations, including 17th Avenue, McLeod Trail, and Bowness, are uh, celebrating. So get down there before Tuesday, next Tuesday it ends. It's the biggest savings of the season, spectacular discounts on all items store-wide. We mentioned it a couple of times. Skis, boots, bindings, and snowboards have all been moved to the McLeod Trail and the Bowness location. So if that's what you're looking for, make sure you head over there. Um, we will get to your questions and comments here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, just a couple of things that we, you guys have got it, finally been waiting for the World Series with the Texas Rangers and the Arizona uh, Diamondbacks. Enjoy. I think it'll be spectacular. Uh, thanks, Colin. Um, and if you're a Jays fan, don't let Gabriel Moreno make you feel bad. <laughs> He's having a heck of a run, isn't he? Um, as well, uh, do a reminder, just a couple of reminders, two Calgary teams that are, uh, one's playoff bound and one is finals bound. Cavalry will take on the Forge in Hamilton uh, in the CPL final. Uh, the Cavalry trying to become the first team to win both the regular season and the playoffs in the five-year history of the CPL. And uh, as we talked about on Monday, um, written off by me and, uh, and others, but me in particular, the, the Stampeders, I just didn't think it was their year, have snuck in the back door of the playoffs. They'll take on BC uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, winner will get Winnipeg, not an easy stretch, but you know what? You're at the dance. And the last time you play BC and BC, you beat the tar out of them. So who knows? Um, just keep that on your radar. Jack, what do we got for questions and comments today? No, oh, let's put, there we go. We'll put on the right microphone. There we go. There we go. A couple questions today. Okay. Are you worried that Craig Conroy won't get to put his imprint on this team and then he'll eventually? No, not at all. No, not at all. Um, he will, you know, the last general manager was given, uh, you know, almost a decade. Um, I think Craig Conroy is, look, this is not the start anybody wanted. This is not the start anybody talked about. This is not the start that was envisioned and all of those sort of things. But it's the start that they're dealing with. And um, I do find it a little, I just think it's the way we, we watch and cover sports now that, um, you know, Jack, how many times during the summer did we get a text or even see something on social media from a media person or something, just the frustration that this team didn't rebuild or didn't blow it up or whatever. Um, I believe in this core. I believe this core is a playoff team. I, I don't look at this and go right now, oh, this is what they are. They sh Why are you upset? You have every right to be upset. This team is underachieving. Um, but I will say this, 
Um, I'm not anticipating any signings other than maybe Hannafin's in the next little while until things calm down and stable out. And then they don't stabilize. If, if this thing just isn't going to work, you know, why would you sign Lindholm or why, you know, Hannafin's different. And, and I know not everybody feels that way, but I still think he's a young defenseman that, that you can have in your system and he's got good years ahead of him. He's just got a lot of games for a young guy. So, um, no, I, I think Craig will get, and I, Go back to that. Remember the 10 things that I think I think, and I wrote those nine bullet bullet points. One of them, he's going to put his, he's going to put his stamp on this team. I, I think it's going to come. It's, it's a jammed up league because of money right now. There's not a, if you can find a cash in cash out deal, good, good on you. But right now there's not a lot of movement out there. Uh, but I absolutely believe that Craig Conroy is going to get, um, uh, his chance to put a stamp on it. I would say that this is a, um, and he'd hate, he, if he listens to this, he'll be so angry if I say it this way, but I think he gets a flyer on year one. I really do. I think he inherited what he did. I, I know a lot of people call it a mess. A lot of people call it this. A lot of people call it that, but he knew what he was signing up for when he applied for the job. He knew what he was inheriting. Um, I think he, you know, he's got a couple years here to, to try and turn it around. Um, but that, that's a conversation for a different day conversation that I would have today is I still look at this team and go, you're better than this. You are better than this. Pull your heads out of your collective asses and be better. And I don't think you, you know, I don't think you can say that, you know, in a clip, but um, Zadorov said it, Craig Button repeated it. Um, you can't handle the truth. You know, Kadri, you're not good enough. Uh, we, uh, uh, Huberto, you're not good enough. We had that. Did we not have a question the last, uh, would you sit them? Yes, I would sit them. I don't know if you can, but I would. Uh, and when I say I don't know if you can, it's, you know, how do you deal with your top-end players? Um, the great Wally Buono has one of the fantastic lines. And I know it's it's not hockey, but, you know, football is not a democracy. And if you talk to Dave Dickinson, he, he'll tell you, I'll treat you fairly, but I won't treat you equally. And, and by that, in the in the world we live in now, the the contract, the contract length, the investment that the club has in you, um, you know, I'll, I'll treat you fairly, but I won't treat you equally. So you know, easy to sit a uh, minimum league player, a two million dollar player. It's harder to sit somebody who's making ten million dollars. That's just the reality of it. A lot was made last year of the locker room being kind of toxic, yeah. and now that Daryl's gone, people kind of assumed it was just going to be better. And then Zadorov comes out and says that stuff yep. yesterday. Yep. Is this locker room still an issue? You think? Yep. It, but but working through it. But but working through it. Um, thank God for Nikita Zadorov. Thank God that he said this. I think it's when it's behind closed doors, when it looks like it's harmonious, yet everybody's fighting and you know poking at everybody. That's when it's dangerous. Um, uh, you know, I, I think Zadorov planted his flag on which side of the street he was on last year. Uh, you know, oh, so is Daryl's problem. Well, Daryl's not here. Same things are happening. Rhett said that. Rhett said that over and over and over and over again on Barnburner. Yes, you can get rid of Daryl, but that doesn't necessarily mean everything's going to be copacetic. And and I think it comes back to accountability. I think it's what, you know, Coleman's won two, two Stanley Cups. Like, he he's used to winning. He hates losing. He said that last night. Um, it's got to manifest itself in, in, you know, Kadri's won a cup. He should know what it takes. Huberto, I, I 
I'm worried that that Jonathan Huberto is so messed up right now that, you know, last year he was, you know, his feelings were hurt. I don't know how, how I don't want to be professional about this. I don't, you know, he wasn't getting along with the coach, so it wasn't working. Now he's trying too hard and it's not working. He, he just, I would almost take a letter off of him and just put him on a line and, and, and just let him play. I think they, you know, they tried to rehab his image. They tried to, you know, put him out there as a leader of this team because of his contract and things like that. I, it's, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. And you got to make it fit. Um, it's seven games into the season. You don't throw the bath water out with the baby or the baby out with the bath water right now. There's still a playoff caliber team. I believe I could be proven wrong. And, and I've been, you know, been wrong about another team in this city not being a playoff team and here we are but uh, you know Peter Marr always said and we talked about it with Pete last Wednesday roughly this because uh, if Randy Sportak formerly the son is listening he'll get mad at me because he always got angry about this one point the second quarter of the season roughly game 20 to game 40 is when you really find out who and what you are um, so work out your kinks now have your problems now um, I think it's Difficult for Ryan Huska. I think it's difficult for Lambert. I think it's difficult for Kale McLean. I think it's difficult for Mark Savard, but they're paid to, for difficult things. And and now, to Craig Button's point, you got to start holding these players accountable. These players got to be held accountable. And now you're starting to get banged up. Ruzichka's out. The devastating news about Poirier. I don't think have we mentioned that yet on this show. No, I haven't gotten. To no, that Jeremy Poirier uh, lacerated arm. Was it? Let's let's pull up. Let's graphic. pull up the graphic, shall we? But he suffered a laceration, um, and he's out. So he has to have surgery on that. Uh, that's that's the one. Not saying he was the 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 be all end all, but he's the one guy I really wanted to see. Really wanted to see him. They got nothing like maybe Oliver Shillington when Oliver's healthy. Maybe they got that offense in there. But um, I wanted to see if he could translate that because this club could use a you know, a thousand kajillawatts up its wazoo right now. It just could. And, you know, maybe maybe a kid can bring it like that. That's kind of where the next question's going. Sure. Have, have we seen the end of Oliver Shillington? Like, what is going on there? No, I don't think we've seen the end of Oliver Shillington. Um, I think, you know, Oliver Shillington was very uh, upfront and honest about what he was dealing with uh, in the interview with the Swedish newspaper that's been translated. I think everybody's aware. Um, you know, he it's kind of like what we're talking about with Colin Patterson, like the mental health is such an issue these days. And I don't know if it's just easy for us to blow past it. I don't know if it's because our generation, my generation just ignored it. I don't know why it is, but uh, no, I, I think, um, I think he'll be back. I hope he's back this year. Um, and I think an, an Oliver Shillington that's healthy and feels good and, uh, with his God-given talents, it'll be a big boon for this club. Um, but uh, was it, uh, I say his name wrong all the time, from Columbus, Teixeira, Teixeira. Uh, but he um, he was over in France last year. He went home. He had to go home, and and he had to get right and, and feel better about himself. He's come back, and he stepped back into the lineup. So, you know, that's that's my hope for him. Uh, I, I have no reason to think that he will not be back Um but I don't know if when I say that, if that's next season or if that's later this season, um, I think we were all caught flat footed when he, when he, you know, when he didn't pass the, you know, pass the physical. 
Rob, with yeah. Rajitska getting injured here, are they going to call someone up or will Greer just simply come into the lineup? Well, uh, good question. Um, no, I would hope that they would call up based on that. I That would be my hope is, uh, you know, Brad True Living talked about that. Uh, Brian Burks talked about that. Um, it's not every general manager's uh, MO, but I think it's, I hope it's this general manager's MO that, you know, if you have a deep organization, if you have enough prospects, then you should be able to replace the, the role, not the body. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So for many years, my old joke was, Oh, if the flames lost a forward, they called up Adam party, right? Like that was it. They had Adam party. Um, not and Adam's a nice kid. Uh, I would like to think that if, if Rujiska's down and, and please don't crucify me if I'm, I'm mixing up my wings, but he's a winger that plays top six, then bring Zary up and let Zary try it or bring, you know, some uh, Klepka up and let Klepka. I, I, if they did, if they brought Klepka up, I, I'm sure that they probably would put him on the fourth line. Yeah. Maybe this is where Walker Dewar, maybe this is where you say to Walker Dewar, start, sh prove to us you can't do this. Prove to us you can't. But yeah, I, I would hope they're going to bring somebody up, and I hope that they bring somebody up to to fill his role, not fill his 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 body spot or roster spot. Last question here: the uh, you guys are talking about the frozen frenzy, yeah, big miss here in Canada. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Big miss from the sense we couldn't watch all of it. Yeah, yeah. no, it was a TSM or it was an ESPN product. Yeah, right. It was all an ESPN product. We uh, we being. Calgarians had to wait for the flames to start to 745 so they could participate in it. It reminds me a little bit of the um, game we were talking about with Ryan Pike, the big city green or whatever, um, you know, uh, the NHL's doing all this stuff, but for some reason they think Canada doesn't want to participate. Um, the big problem is that ESPN's tied to bell and tied to, to sports center and tied to TSN. So, uh, you know, we, which, Okay, but that doesn't stop Rogers from cutting costs and using their production and showing games, right? You know, uh, don't get me started on Rogers cheapening out in the playoffs and using American broadcasts, but there we are. Uh, yeah, we missed on that. What did you think? What do you think of the concept? You heard what Craig thought of the concept. What do you think of the concept? I like uh, Tuesday it. night where all games, everybody's playing. That's where I was going to go. Like, you, I think you have to time it where it's mostly just going to be an NHL night. I wouldn't have done it during football. Maybe wait till football's done. Wait till baseball's done. Like I don't like the the day they did it yesterday. I don't wasn't good. I, and I can't understand that, Jack, because it was ESPN's idea. And listen, it got them on Pat McAfee. It got them into Stephen A. It got them all across the ESPN spectrum, right? Which you know is always the goal. But like Craig said, why wouldn't you do this after? the Super Bowl when you could have that whole Tuesday yourself. All I was thinking of is, well, the NBA's like the NBA's there. And you know, there's a division final in baseball. Like you're up again. Thank God there was no football, but it was the worst case scenario. The other sports were really active. So I'm not sure what the thinking was there. Um, it, I, I did like the 15 minute increments for the start times. I, I thought that was kind of cool, but to, to the point, you know, the question or the text, it's, it's kind of lost on us, right? We Sometimes I feel like we're second-class citizens in the, the NHL. I don't know how else to put it, but sometimes I feel like 
and I like Gary. I, I've known Gary and love interviewing Gary and, and on all of that sort of thing. And, you know, he, it's funny. I like the next person that tells me they like Gary Bettman will be the first person I ever meet that says they like Gary Bettman. And, you know, I've been doing this for whenever, 25 years. Um, but man, like a lot of unforced errors, like a lot of unforced errors. Why? And I get it. It's broadcast and I, all of that sort of thing. But, you know, we found, as I said on Monday, we found a way to do an Olympics with a consortium. We found a way to work things around, um, you know, just sitting and watching all this stuff. Yeah. I think all of us, I don't know about you, but I was kind of caught off guard. Uh, oh, okay. We're going to have all this hockey. I can't wait to get, oh, you mean I, oh, I get Edmonton and Calgary. Oh, okay. Cool. Right. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. And last night I was watching the baseball game over any of these hockey. Were you? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was a good game. It was a good game. It was not, you know, Arizona doesn't bring you a lot of eyeballs, but that's so what? You're gonna only have the Yankees and the and the Red Sox play all the time. That's not how this works. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, what do you think of Moreno and his run? Like it's it's gonna be that one's gonna be hard for the Jays, I think. Yeah. Jays fans seem pretty bitter. Right I now. mean, especially with you know. Kirk a year ago was this great every every guy story, every man. Like, I could relate to him. Like, I'm in better shape than him. He's a professional athlete. This is the greatest thing in the whole world. But then they gave up on a stud. That's the thing. They gave yep. up on a stud. And it just seems to me, and I guess it's not a question, it's more of a comment, but it just seems to me under Atkinson and Shapiro, they always drag their heels, they always drag their heels, they always drag their heels. And then when they pull the trigger on something, it's like, really? That's where you're going to use that capital? All right. All right. Now you get the Texas Arizona uh, World Series you wanted, eh? That's that's going to be a hard one because Simeon or Moreno, and I sh then there's other pieces in there too, right? Like it's going to be hard for Jays fans. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a couple Jays buddies. I'm not a Jays fan myself, but no, Expos, were... Expos for life. That, that's <laughs> Expos happy. for life. No, nor should they be happy. Nor should they be happy. All right. Is that it? Yeah. That's it. You didn't want to ask that other one? What's the other one? We were talking about off the air. About uh, signing 10. You were asking me about the decision to, you know, about the Flames, you know, going out and, and getting Huberto and signing Huberto to the long-term deal and everything like that. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it really doesn't look good today. Yes. Right? It really doesn't look good today. The only thing I caution people, and it's, you know, he's got a lot of work to do. Quite honestly, the team's got a lot of work to do to make that thing look good. Um, it doesn't look good. But I do remind everybody that, you know, those three days between Goudreau and Kachuk leaving and having nothing to show for, or uh, Goudreau leaving, Kachuk wanting out, there's a difference there. Um, you know, you had just been spurned by your two best players who had just had record seasons, who, who, and, and cap. Add to that that you had played five periods of beating the crap out of the Oilers and then lost everything, right? That series, you know, if you were a Flames fan, that series, that stung. You won game one by a bunch. You were up in game two, and then you then you just collapsed. And then these guys leave. And I'll tell you, you know, in that building, customer service and everything, it was death. It was absolute death. 
And I don't, nobody, they may as well have folded up the team and, and let, let it blow away. And then tree pulls off the deal. He gets Huberto coming off 116 points. He gets Uyghur. He gets Cole Schwint. He gets a oh, first round pick and all of this. Yeah, we're back baby. And, and the whole atmosphere changed and everything. And then, you know, the naysayers went, wow, fine, you got him, but are you going to be able to keep him? Both of those guys could walk away. We'll show you long-term deals for both, right? And Uyghur, I don't think, is going to hurt you, but the Huberto one, yep. Yeah, and let's be honest. He's not going anywhere, so we might as well root for the guy instead of bag him on all, all the time. Not, that's not how fandom works, though. <clears throat> that's you. You know what? If you can isolate that clip afterwards, I'd like you to play that on the barn burner tomorrow. <laughs> I'd like to see how that goes over. Really, though, like I'm going to be 32 years old before this guy leaves the flames, most likely. Yeah. yeah. That was a long time. It is, sir. It is. And but in the moment, and this is this is where the Ryan Pikes of the world carry the day, you know, when you are or the Ryan Pinders of the world, too, in the moment when you make those calls, you got to live with it now. And in the moment, it sure seemed like the great thing. They just signed this guy. They locked him up. They got him like, you know, screw you. We're better now. Remember, we're better now than we were last year. Oh, yeah. We're a better team. Uh-uh. You're going to, it's going to be a long time before they replace Matt Kachuk. Johnny Gaudreau was a good player. Liked him. You know, and I think the Flames will honor him at some point. But Matthew Kachuk's a special hockey player, and this team, this organization, has not had a lot of special hockey players. Jerome, they had to go out and acquire. He was homegrown. They drafted him. They developed him. They played him, and, and he went somewhere else, and that one's going to sting for a long time. And I say this all the time, and I don't say it for all shucks or as a, an excuse or anything like that, but you go back and you look at the history of the draft. There are, there are very few franchises that are as middle of the road as this team is in terms of where it always drafts. It's never drafted higher than fourth, never had a first overall pick. And, and you know what? If I was the flames fans, I'd be scared to death that they, they finished dead last in the league. And then the, the uh, ball drops and they drop the, whatever they can. I, I think, I think it's protected now, but you know, it always felt like, Oh, they're going to finish dead last. And they're going to drop the 10th. Right. Um, it's just the reality of the situation. So, um, to the point of the first uh, texter today, you're up, Mr. Conroy. You're up. What can you do with this? Don't rush it. Right? That's the that's the marching orders from the fans. Don't rush it. Don't do anything we don't like. But do it right away, and it better be good. Those are the marching orders, if you can try to follow those. Um, final mile today. This is exciting for me. This is exciting for all of us, I hope. Um, just want to tip my hat to Kevin Webster and the gang at Kidsport, of course, uh, Nation Network and Flames Nation, uh, proud partners with uh, uh, Kidsport on many, many uh, events. Um, but they have raised and distributed $2 million in Calgary, which helped nearly 6,000 kids, 5,908. That's still 22. Well, it's still like, sorry, 60 days left in the year. So they're going to blow by this. Never have given away more than 1.8, have broken the $2 million mark, and outfitted over 3,000 kids with equipment at the uh, Flame Sports Bank. So congratulations to Kids Sport Calgary, which remains the biggest and most active kids sport in all of Canada. Uh, the Pizza Pig Out is coming up next week, Eric Francis's, so make sure you support that. But congratulations. Um, if, if, I can, if I can just be somber for a second. So 6,000 kids got helped. The belief is 
24 to 26,000 in Calgary need help. So just to put a little perspective in all of this. So great, Mark, really happy and, and proud of what Kid Sport and Kevin have been able to do. Uh, thanks to Craig Button from TSN. Thanks to Colin Patterson. If you're a poker player, make sure you support the Breaking Away Foundation and their event on uh, November 4th as well. Jack's done another amazing job putting the show together. I am not here on Friday. I'm going to turn it over to Danny Austin. He will host the show on Friday. Eric DeHatchek will join us on Monday. Uh, a week from today, Peter Mahar. And then um, a week from Friday, legend, a legend, a Calgary legend, Mark Stiles, former voice of the Calgary Hitman, longtime Western Hockey League a guru, now tied in with the Western Canadian Baseball League. He'll tell us how. Uh, lots of hockey between now and then. Don't forget, Afterburner immediately following the Flames game against St. Louis. It'll be Ryan and I tomorrow. Uh, have a great couple of days, everybody. We'll catch you on Monday. Be well.